Welcome to an inspirational message from Creekwood Church. We hope that you have an encounter with God and discover practical ways to help you live a life of purpose. We're going to be continuing our series that we've been in for the last few weeks called Slaying Giants. Um, It's been a great series, and if you have not been here, maybe you've been traveling or away with your schedule, uh, I encourage you, go online, creekwoodchurch.com, listen to the last few weeks of that series that Pastor Stephen, our lead pastor, has brought um, of of this series, man. It's been really, really good, and what we've been doing is we've been talking about slaying some of the giants in our life. And we've been talking about the things that really get in the way that I think we tend to ignore in our life. But if we slay them, we're going to get further into our walk with Christ. We're going to walk through life in a much better way. But to kind of get into the message today, I wanted to start off with this question. How many of you have social media accounts? Some sort. Come on, raise them high. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. It's all right. I'm not going to hate on you. Don't worry. Um, Maybe Pinterest, something along those lines. I kind of want to see this. Any of you, um, and I'm going to leave the young people in the room behind. I apologize. MySpace back in the day. Come on. Where you at? Uh-huh. Any of you, like, you had the MySpace page in your group of friends, right? You had it all programmed out. You had it looking pretty. Is anybody, you're like, oh, yeah, mine was the best from all my friends. A few people. Nobody wants to, like, I got to see some little hand raises like this. Nobody really wants to claim that. Um, But my wife, I find her getting on Pinterest a lot, and I don't know if we have any Pinterest users out there. Um, I think statistics would say we do. And uh, but the crazy thing about Pinterest is, uh, I was doing some research. About eighty percent of Pinterest users are actually female. Uh, And I used to have a Pinterest account. We used it for our creative creative department here for a little while, Um, and uh, then I lost my password, and I couldn't even tell you how to get into it anymore. But here's a little bit of a definition on Pinterest. If you don't know what it is, Pinterest is, it's a visual discovery tool that people use to collect ideas for their different projects and interests. People create and share collections that are called boards of visual bookmarks that are called pins that they use to do things like plan trips, projects, organize events, save articles, and recipes. I kind of feel like Pinterest single-handedly planned uh, my wedding and uh, also has had a large influence on the way my house looks. Um, And I don't know if that's the same for you or not, um, but has anybody ever started a project, maybe a home improvement project, maybe a work project of some sort, and it didn't really turn out the way you expected it to turn out? Anybody ever been there? Um, so if, if you ever get bored, say you're sitting in the airport and your flight gets delayed and you got some time, just go Google uh, Pinterest fails. There's hours of entertainment. And I want to share a few of them with you as we get into things today. Here's the first one. So what we've got is we've got expectation and reality. So this was what it was supposed to look like, and this is the way it ended up. <laughs> Y'all, that's kind of creepy. I don't know. We're just going to leave that alone. I don't even know what that looks like. So here's another one, um, right? Cookie Monster cupcakes looking real good. And then this happens, maybe a frog. I don't know. I don't know if I'd eat that. But another one for the ladies in the room, feeling a little festive around the holidays, get some candy cane nails. But again, I don't really know what's going on there. Maybe somebody felt artistic and they just didn't have it. Um, for all, the, for, for all the parents out there, maybe your kids watch this one over and over. I think the result would scare the kids a little bit. <laughs> Again, 
I don't even know if I can tell you what that is. Penguin. Uh, my wife loves penguins. Cute penguin cupcake. And maybe a turtle, maybe a ninja turtle, something going on there. And then lastly, everybody loves the family photo, right? But parents, you know your kids don't always cooperate. And <laughs> that's what the way it turned out. I'm telling you, hours and hours of entertainment, right? But I think so often we try to do something and it doesn't turn out the way we thought. And so when it comes to Pinterest, I think a lot of times what we do is we compare what we do to the things that we see and we think we could do it the same way. So I have a little bit of a more, more real Pinterest definition for you I want to share with you. So this is the, my kind of version of Pinterest definition. It's a visually driven social media platform that is strategically designed for nonstop, 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week reminder that your kids, they're not as well-dressed as your neighbor's kids. Your home is decorated like crap. The pictures that you've taken on your own phone, well, they're comparatively artless. Uh, You did a terrible job planning your own wedding because everybody on Pinterest has a prettier wedding than you did. You live a generally tedious, monotonous, painfully dull existence that is slowly draining the life out of you, unlike everyone else whose lives are awesome at all times. Anybody you ever feel like that when you compare what you see um, in someone else? And if you haven't guessed it, today we're talking about slaying the giant of comparison. And man, I tell you, every single one of us deals with this in one way or another. Every single one of us. Um, When you think about the giant of comparison in our lives, the thing about comparison is that comparison kills contentment in our life. Think about that. Comparison kills contentment. And the thing about comparison is it will kill our contentment faster than almost anything else that we deal with in life. I mean, think about the home or the apartment um, that you live in right now. Right? Maybe when you moved into that, you were so excited. Maybe it was your first place, or maybe it was your dream home. It was your forever home, and you got in there, right? And you did some remodels, and maybe you thought you were chipping Joanna, and you got into it, and you got all of this stuff, and, and you, you decorated the house, and then a few years goes by, and, and that style starts to go out just a little bit, or you saw on Snapchat your friend's house and how they just redid it, and you're like, man, that's amazing. Or you're sitting there and you're looking online at the homes for sale in the neighborhood, and you see that home that's for sale, and you're like, oh, man, that would be awesome. And we start comparing, and we start comparing, and then our contentment in that goes out the window. We do this with our vehicles. You know, maybe you, uh, I'm a truck guy, Uh, You buy that new truck and you're like, oh man, this is an amazing, I I just love my truck. It's the best vehicle I've ever had. I'm going to have this vehicle forever. And then a few years down the line, um, you get a few little dents in it. You get some chips in the hood. It goes into the shop a few times. And then one of your friends at work gets a better vehicle. And then all of a sudden you start going, man, I think it's time for a new vehicle, right? I think we can do this in our marriages and in our relationships, Right? We can come in and we, we go, man, my spouse, my, my, my girlfriend, she's, she's amazing. And I love um, everything that she does for me until you see what your friend's husband, how he brought her breakfast in bed. And it was this amazing breakfast. And all of a sudden, your spouse, that contentment in them starts to go out the window. 
right? And I think we do this in so many different ways in so many different areas of our life. And I think for many of us, for many of us, we really have to be careful and stop comparing my behind the scenes to someone else's highlight reel. Think about that. We have to stop comparing our behind the scenes to someone else's highlight reel. Right? And this isn't just a social media um, issue. Yes, I think this happens there absolutely if we're not careful. But think about what you tell your friends and your coworkers when you come back from vacation with your friends or with your family. Right? Do you tell them about the argument that you and your spouse had about how your kids were a terror for two out of the three days of the trip? Of course not. Right? We tell our friends, we tell people what we want them to know. We tell them the highlights. We tell them how, hey, we climbed this mountain. Look at this picture my family took, and we look all cute, even though we yelled at each other all the way up the mountain. And on the top, we took this amazing picture. Right? Hey, we went and we went scuba diving, but what you don't know is, is we argued and we went to bed mad the night before we got up and we went scuba diving. Right? We do this in so many different areas of our life. And what I want to do today is I want to start, um, we're going to have two main passages of scripture we're looking at. Um, the first is in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, and then the second one is in John chapter 20. So if you have your Bibles and you want to turn there, um, we're going to start off in Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Um, and this is a passage of scripture. The Bible tells us Solomon, who wrote this, was the wisest man um, that has ever lived. And he says this, he's talking about things in life. Um, that we put value to that are actually meaningless in our life. And it says this, Ecclesiastes 4, verse 4, and it says, And I saw that all toil and achievement spring from one person's envy of another. Think about that in your life, right? Think about how in your life, what has driven you to accomplish what you've accomplished in your life? And he says, Man, if toil and achievement springing from one person's envy of another, he goes, man, this, this too is meaningless. It is as if a chasing after the wind, right? You're not going to catch it. He said, fools fold their hands and ruin themselves. Right? I, I would dare say that a lot of us, either today or recently, you found yourself trying to do it all running through life going, man, I can do this. I'm gonna put this on my shoulders. I'm gonna make this happen. I'm gonna run through life and I'm gonna just, I'm gonna put this on my back and I'm gonna accomplish this and I'm gonna accomplish that. But he goes on to say something here. He says, better is one handful of tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. Right? There becomes this point in life of, man, if we just sit here and we run through life and we go, I can do it, I can accomplish it, I can make this happen and go on and on and on, and then we wonder why we crash and we wonder why we fail. And he says, better is one handful of tranquility. Right? You can still work. It's not about being lazy, but it's about taking that time, creating that space in our life to not just go, go, go and drive, drive. Drive, And we're going to come around to this idea here in a minute. But you see, if we're not careful, what happens in our life when it comes to comparison is we live in the land of Ur, E-R. We live in the land of Ur, right? And everything in our life becomes about wanting more Ur in our life. 
What I mean by that is we all want, could say, hey, I would want to be richer. Or maybe you go, I want to be skinnier. Or I want to be smarter. I'd love to be smarter. Um, taller. Prettier. Right? Happier. Hipper. Right? You don't have style and you're like, man, I really wish I had style. Or maybe your wife's always on you because you don't have style. For the single people in the room, you want to be married er, right? Because everywhere we look, someone has more er than us. Think about that. Think about your week. How often do you look at someone and go, man, I wish I had that. Or man, I wish I could get that. So what we do is we go the other way, right? We go the other way in comparison and we say someone is, uh, I'm not bad, someone's heavier, or someone's shorter than I am. Someone is single-er than I am, right? They haven't been in a date in six months, and I went last week, so I can feel better about myself. Or maybe you look at your relationship with your spouse, and you're like, yeah, it's not really where I want it to be, so I'm gonna look at them. Well, they're less happily married-er than we are. But the problem with this is it leaves us feeling superior when we do that. And at the end of the day, no matter what direction you take it, there is no win in comparison, right? There's no win in comparison. And when we talk about the giant of comparison in our life, man, this is a really, really big deal because if we don't address it, this is what happens. If we don't address it, the chains of comparison begin to take over our life. And when we sit there and we go, man, I want to be richer. Hey, I want to be happier. And if I get richer, I can be happier. What happens is we begin to let these chains take control of our life. And then it moves on to, hey, maybe I'm not happy with where I'm at and the timing. And I don't know why God hasn't let some things happen in my life. And man, I'm single right now. And and why, why? Why and why am I going through this with my family and why am I going through this with my work and and everybody over here, their life is so much better than me. Why, why, why? And sooner than later, we end up completely surrounded and overwhelmed, totally having given in to the chains of comparison in our life. And yet what we do is we keep running and we keep going, well, if I can just get this, if I can just get this pay raise, if I can just get this better house and my family would be more happy, if I could just go on this vacation, that like my friend, I saw they went all the way around the world to the Maldives and it was amazing. If I can just do that. And yet we keep running and we keep running and we wonder why we end up in the same place, right? You can do this for a little while. Run with some chains on like this for several miles. They start to rub, they start to irritate, they start to get heavy. And we wonder why it holds us back in life. Now I know I've brought the the mood in the room down a little bit. So y'all follow me, come with me just a little bit. And I want us to jump into John chapter 20. John chapter 20. And I love this passage of scripture. And if you've been in church, you've probably heard this passage of scripture or heard, heard it talk about Because this is the passage of scripture where John is retelling the story of Jesus having risen from the dead. So we're going to pick this up. There's two main characters in this story. We have Peter and we have John. 
And I want you in the middle of Jesus having risen from the dead, pay attention to the back and forth that is happening between Peter and John and watch this little bit of comparison that's going on. I, this is, I was talking with somebody last night after service and I was like, I've seen this verse, I've read this verse, I grew up in church so many times and I've read right over some of this, but it's so true to our human nature. Even someone that walked with Jesus dealt with this comparison in their life. Check this out, John chapter 20, verse one. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb. This is the tomb that Jesus was buried in and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, right? The other disciple is John. And he says, the one Jesus loved. I want you to think about that. Who in telling a story talks about themselves in the third person and says, oh yeah, I'm the one that person loved. Think about that. Imagine if you're your sibling, your brother, your sister talked about that and you were standing around in a group of friends and you're like, oh yeah, my parents, I'm the one they love. And you talked about yourself in the third person, right? Wouldn't you want to like smack your sibling upside the head? But yet this is how he goes and watch this. And he says, or, and she says, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running. John says, but the other disciple outran Peter. So he's like, hey, I'm going to the tomb, right? We're gonna go see what's up with Jesus. Keep in mind, this is the retelling of it after the fact. John knows what happened and where this ended, but yet in the retelling, he's going, oh, but I outran Peter. And it says, and he reached the tomb first. He bent over, he looks in at the strips of linen lying there, but he doesn't go in. He's like, there was a dead person in there. I ain't going in there. And then Simon Peter came along behind him. Not just, hey, Peter got there or Peter was there and went in. No, he came along behind me and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus's head. The cloth was still lying in its place separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, John, who by the way had reached the tomb first, also went inside, saw and believed. How crazy is it that in the middle of one of the main things of our Christian faith, you see this little bit of this competition in this back and forth? Probably just because they're guys and guys will make a competition out of anything, right? But the problem with comparison and the problem is when we're running through life, right? And we're constantly doing what he's doing and looking over our shoulder and we're going, man, what's going on with that person? What's happening over there? right? It's taking our focus of what is going on in front of us and around us. In that moment of Jesus resurrecting from the grave, he's sitting there going, oh, and I beat him. Oh, and I got there. Oh, and by the way, I might not have gone into the tomb first, but don't forget, I got there first, right? But yet this is what we do. And if we're not careful, the chains of comparison will leave us always looking over our shoulder, comparing, trying to get ahead, one-upping the other people in our life. And the problem with it is, at the end of the day, there is never enough ur to satisfy our life. You can't get enough. You can't get rich enough. You can't get happy enough to fill the longing inside your life. If it was true, how come the richest, most famous people in the world have all the problems that they have and we see them all the time? 
right? Think about it. You can't get there. You cannot get there on your own. There's nothing on the outside that will fulfill in an internal longing, right? Maybe for you, maybe for you, it was words that were said over you by a parent or by an ex or by a brother, a sister, someone in your life that said something. And so now you've been running through life, trying to answer the question and prove to everyone around you that you're good enough, that you belong, that you fit in, that you're gonna live up to the expectations that someone has for you, that you put in hours and hours of extra work at your job to prove to those around you that you're good enough. All coming to back to the chains of comparison that we've allowed to take over our life. You see, and I want you today, think about this question. Who are you going to let define your worth? Who or what? is going to define your worth in life. Think about that. What is going to define your worth in life? Because I think if we're, if we're honest in how we answer that question so often, it comes from the comparison, right? It comes from, I'm gonna be, my life, and my worth is defined by my success in my business. It's defined by the way I lead my family. It's defined in how long my spouse and I stay married. It's defined by this, by this, by this, by this, by this. And so, of it, so much of it comes back to comparison. John chapter 21. John chapter 21, if you turn over in verse 20, Um, there's another passage that relates to what's going on. And Jesus has risen from the dead. The Bible tells us that he comes back and visits with his disciples. And in this moment, we see something that's really, really interesting. And Jesus addresses this issue of this back and forth. And I want you to follow along with me. It says, Peter turned and saw the disciple that Jesus loved was following them. Right, So Peter and Jesus are talking, and John, don't forget, is telling this story. And he says, Peter turned and saw the disciple who Jesus loved was following them. And John says, oh, by the way, this, I'm the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper. And it said, Lord, who's going to betray you? Basically, John says, you might be walking and talking with Jesus, but guess what? I was chilling on the couch at the last supper with Jesus. Right, Even in this moment, a chapter later, we've gone down the line. Jesus not only has risen from the dead, come back to the disciples, and John's still doing this. But it wasn't just John, because Peter saw him, and he asks Jesus, he says, Lord, what about him? Right, what about him? And Jesus answers, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? right? If I want him to live forever, what is that to you, Peter? And Jesus says something to him. He says, forget him, right? What is that to you? Follow me. You must follow me. You see, because in our life, I think we overcomplicate this so, so much, right? We look for happiness and when we don't find it in one area, we go to the next and we go to the next and we go to the next. And we find ourselves totally overwhelmed by the chains of comparison. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we end up in the exact same place over and over. So the question comes, how do you unlock the chains of comparison in your life? 
And on your way in today, you were given a key. And I give this to you to take home because I want you to take this and I want you to put it in a place where you're gonna see it, where it's gonna be able to remind you about comparison in your life. It's gonna be able to remind you about unlocking the chains of comparison in your life. Because you see, when we can take the key that it can only be found in Jesus, when we follow Jesus, and we can begin to use that to unlock the chains of comparison in our life, we can find freedom. And when you think about this for a minute, I'm not just talking about if you're in this room and you've never accepted Jesus Christ into your life. Because I know some of you personally, and I know that you've been a Christ follower for a long time. But if we're not careful, what happens is we have the key in a relationship with Jesus, but maybe we've taken that key and we've put it in our back pocket. And we've let life kind of get the best of us. And we've fallen into that comparison. And my challenge to you today is to take that key out and engage in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And as you do that, and as you go to church, not just when it's convenient, not just one weekend every couple of months, not not just when it works within your schedule, but when you do that, when you go, man, I'm gonna begin to read my Bible. And maybe, maybe you have a really hard time reading your Bible and it doesn't totally make sense and you don't know where to start. Man, get a life group that's gonna help you learn to do that. Get a devotional that's gonna help teach you to do that. Take your faith. It has to go from a head knowledge to a heart knowledge. It has to go from just something you do where you come into this place on one weekend every now and then, and it has to become personal. And as that happens, as you get in that life group, as you build that community, what begins to happen in your life is the chains of comparison will start to fall off your life. You'll begin to find meaning and belonging in different areas of your life. And you'll be able to go, you know what, because of Jesus in my life, because I chose to follow him, The chains of comparison have fallen off of me in my life and I'm no longer held back by them. You see church, at the end of the day, the key to unlocking the chains of comparison in your life can only be found when you follow Jesus and in a relationship with him. If your answer to the question of how do you define your worth is anything other than Jesus, you will find yourself in the same place over and over again. Would you bow your heads with me today? I want you to, right there where you're at, just reflect for a moment. Don't be looking around. Don't be worrying about what was going on earlier today, the argument maybe you had with your kids. And I want you to reflect on the question of where has comparison controlled your life? Where has comparison controlled your life? Think about that for a minute. And what have you allowed to define your worth in life? And you see, you find yourself, I really believe in one of a couple places. One, maybe you're hearing this and you've never accepted Jesus Christ into your life. You cannot follow Jesus to unlock the chains of comparison in your life unless you first begin a relationship with him. And it's then and only then that those chains can begin to fall off of you. 
And the Bible tells us that if you admit that you've sinned, that you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that he'll forgive you of your sins and you can invite him into your life and begin a relationship with him. And then it also goes on, and, and I really believe for the many of us in this room, right, you've accepted Jesus Christ into your life, but you've put that key back. And you've been running that race. And even though you have the key to unlock the chains of comparison, maybe your relationship with Jesus, man, it just hasn't been where you know it should be. And my challenge to you today is to press into that relationship, right? This is in your hands. Press into that relationship with Jesus. Learn, make it personal. Don't make it about just coming to church. It's got to go beyond that. And watch the giant of comparison begin to fall. Jesus, I pray for every single person in this room today. God, I pray that you would give them the boldness to do what they need to do, whether that's giving their life to you, whether that's recommitting their life to you, God, whether that's going, man, I need to focus in on my relationship with Jesus in a new way. God, each and every person is in this room today for a reason. God, that God had a bed on this cold morning when they wanted to stay in bed and they came, God, and you have a word for everyone in this place. God, I ask that you would give them the boldness to do what you're telling them to do, to step in to a full relationship with you. And God, I ask that as they do, God, that you would set them free from the chains of comparison in their life. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Everybody said, amen. Thank you for listening. For more messages and information about Creekwood Church, visit us at creekwoodchurch.com.